1: This is the Greg Bedard Patriots Podcast with Nick Cavins. Hey everybody, welcome into the Greg Bedard Patriots Podcast brought to you by Athletic Greens. Your one-stop shopping for 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source ingredients, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. And betonline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on sports. And now the NFL is back. So now you can get all your bets in, futures, who's going to win. I love the pay. Yeah, the Patriots are going to do it. They have long odds. Bell check's the man. These people are idiots, including Badad. Uh, so go over there and get your bets in. And guess what? Listen a little later. 100% sign-up bonus if you use CLNS 50. 100%. So get to it. You know, get the hundred percent, put put a hundred bucks, put a hundred, what, hundred points down. Get the free bonus, just let it ride. You know, little long shot bets, you know, some parlays every week. Eh, have fun. But do not bet more than you can afford. Uh so uh we are back. Uh hopefully we are back on the two-day a week schedule. Um, hopefully Nick will be back Thursday. We gotta figure things out. He's on the West Coast. I'm gonna be in South Florida. I'm leaving Wednesday morning to go to South Florida to cover the Patriots, who um, continue to make things um, very easy on your sports journalists, especially those small independent outlets uh, who maybe don't have the biggest uh, travel budgets. But we will be there, and we will bring you what you need to know. Um, Let's start there with the Patriots on the trip down there. Big deal, not a big deal. Bart Scott called it a sign of desperation for the Patriots. Look, you guys know I shoot it to you straight. This this trip does not come about very easily or very on very short notice. Even though, of course, the Patriots we finally got the media schedule this afternoon for, and they're leaving today, uh, which is just ridiculous. But uh, look, this doesn't happen. This probably happened. The schedule comes out what in May, probably right after that. Belichick wanted to do that. Uh, thought it would be a good idea. So this, this, these decisions were made well in advance of any quote unquote struggles that they had during training camp. So I don't view this as a sign of desperation. To me, I think Belichick maybe learned some lessons last year with the new NFL calendar, which is basically, you know, uh, you know, they go down there, uh, the, the preseason ends and it used to be like a week, 10 days before the first game. Now it's like over two weeks. It's ridiculous. I think the Patriots have 16 days between the end of the preseason and the start of the regular season. And they spent a lot of time at the facility. But, you know, that gets old. That gets stale. Um, That's probably the most that they've gone without having any sort of football activity, like a a game, joint practice, um, in a long time. So I think it was more about, hey, let's – Let's stop looking at each other and being in the same routine. Let's get out of it. A little team bonding, get into the heat and humidity. I do not think that's a big deal. I don't think it's going to make any difference on Sunday. I not think it's a team that's lived in those conditions for uh, several months. So uh, it's a nice gesture. If the Patriots win or hang close, I'm sure a lot of people will make a big deal out of it. I don't think it's a big deal. It wouldn't be a big deal to me if they weren't going down there. Um, So... uh, not a big deal to me uh by the way um in a little bit we are going to be having a conversation all about the dolphins everything you want to know with alan poopart from sports illustrated it calls it covers them for he's the publisher for all dolphins at sports illustrated slash the maven uh alan i've known for years he predates me on the dolphins beat a uh, great guy canadian can't go wrong there um uh, love the guy and love his knowledge of the, of uh, the dolphins and he'll, he'll shoot you straight. He is not a fanboy. He, uh, you know, like I like to s- say, it's not our first rodeo, um, covering teams. And he certainly covered different head coaches, quarterbacks, all the nonsense. So he'll be able to cut through and let you know what you need to know about the dolphins. So that'll be coming up in a little bit. Um, but first, you know, one big thing that I wanted to hit on before we get into that, um, you know, I've heard a lot of chatter, whether it's in the media or from fans, and you know they're already explaining away this season by saying, "Oh, well, this is a bridge year. It's about next year." They're just trying to do X, Y, and Z. For no, that's complete bullcrap. No, if you're if you're hearing any of that talk, it's excuse making because the Patriots they've gone through the re- rebuild process, okay. 2020 was the Cam Newton year. They were hamstrung with their salary cap. Even Bill Belichick talked about, we're going to take the hit on the salary cap this year because we did a lot of things for Tom Brady. We went for it. There's no questions. I'm not making excuses. That's a fact. That's what Bill said at the time. And so we're like, okay, fine, Bill. You can say this sounds like excuse making and a bunch of bull crap, but we'll believe you. Okay, fine. What do you know? He delivers on his promise. They come out the next year. They spend $156 million in, in guaranteed money. They sign the best defensive player in the market, Matthew Judon, two receivers, two tight ends, which automatically went to, I think, second and third in tight end uh, contracts at the time, $12.5 million a year each for first Janu Smith. He was the first signing. And then Hunter Henry. And, uh, you know, I think they brought back Trent down. There was a whole bunch of things that they did. Devon Godchow they signed. I mean, they signed a lot of people. And so they did that last offseason. And, you know, we figured when you spend that amount of money, then they drafted Mac Jones. Also got Christian Barmore and Ramondre Stevenson in the draft. So you figure with all that, rookie quarterback, new people, now we're not expecting the world to change overnight. That's not how football works. Okay. And 10 and seven good season. Didn't like how it ended a little bit of an aberration with their record, uh, somewhat inflated by uh weak middle part of the schedule. And they didn't really beat anybody of substance during the year without a hurricane being involved or massive injuries for the Titans. Um, but Good for for rookie quarterback, bunch of new guys in the system, 10 and seven in the playoffs, progress, progress. So you went from the reload year to progress. That last year was the bridge year, not this year. Now you expect to build on that. Everybody's back. All the free agents are now in the second year. Uh, You got another draft class to build off of. You have Mac Jones in his second year. You know, there's no excuse for them to take a step back. They've only, they added Devontae Parker to the offense. The only person they lost on offense was Shaq Mason, replaced him with a first round rookie. They picked him in the first round. They traded down. They could have drafted other people at other positions of need. They decided not to. They went with a guard. He's been in there since day one. The only subtractions they made on defense were older, slower players who are still on the street. For the most part, Kyle Van Noy is is with the Chargers. Um, but they wanted to get faster on defense. They think they did that. So why should we be expecting them to do anything but taking a step forward? No, no. A, t- a step back is no good. You can't explain it away and say, well, it's a bridge year to next year because they have the second most cap space right now at $50 million, which is a fact. You can't say that. You know why? Because there are other circumstances involved. I mean, not only they should be building, last year was the rebuild, the bridge year. This year you deliver, you become, you take another step, maybe not in one's wins and losses, but you qualify for the postseason again. You probably win a game. If not, you're very competitive. That would be progress. That's what they should be doing next year. Then you're building off that, and it, so no bridge year we're in the build phase for the Patriots. And, uh, you know, you can't really look to that cap money for a couple of different reasons. Number one, um, they have a bunch of guys, I'm just trying to call it up right now, who who are going to be free agents next year. Um, That if you let them go, you're hoping for a compensatory pick. So you're talking about guys, guys who have played a lot of snaps. Devin McCourty, assume he retires or he's back. Jacoby Myers will be an unrestricted free agent. Isaiah Wynn, if you don't want him here, you want to let him walk, sign a big deal as a tackle to go start for somebody, now you get a third-round pick back. Jacoby Myers could get you a four. Nelson Aguilar, free agent. Damian Harris, free agent. If you think he's a good running back, you let him go, you get a comp pick. I think they can max out at three. So if you want to get anything for these guys, if you don't trade them this year, the problem with the compensatory pick formula is you can't sign anybody big. So you got to rely on street free agency or trades. But as far as signing free agents with that money, not if you want comp picks in in the 2024 draft. And the other thing you have to keep an eye out on is that you have guys, if you want to retain them, uh, guys who are going to be free agents in 2024, who you would need to extend this coming off season, or at least going into next year, Kyle Duggar, a lot of people think he's going to be a pro bowler this year. You want him around. He's going to be an unrestricted free agent in 2024 Hunter Henry. Anybody see any tight ends in the pipeline, ready to replace him? Think Johnny Smith is going to be ready to do it. Probably not going to need to extend him. Jawan Bentley. Any other linebacker options on the team right now? Maybe Cam Camagrone if he uses the practice squad, but you don't know. Michael Wenu, unrestricted free agent 2024. Kendrick Bourne, Devontae Parker, Trent Brown. These are a lot of guys that might be ex- need to be extended next offseason. So for a few different reasons. Number one, they're making they're in they're in the pro- progress building phase right now as a team. Last year was Last year was treading water or just hoping to set the foundation. This year is a build year to next year. It's not a, it's, it's not a bridge year. It's a build year. To They should be contenders next year. Playoffs last year, win a playoff game, become contenders. Uh, so this is not – they can't take a step back here, even if it's a step back to go forward. And then also you have unrestricted free agents – That uh, you don't want to sign free agents to offset the compensatory pick formula. And you have guys who are going to become free agents in 2024 that you need to start extending if you believe in some of the talent you have acquired on this team. So that's that for now. We will be back with a Dolphins preview. But first, Athletic Greens, I started taking AG1 because I wanted to make sure I was getting all the vitamins and nutritional supplements I needed in one place. Now I've been on it for a month and I love it. It doesn't taste like it's super healthy. It has kind of a mild tropical taste, a little minty, and I actually look forward to it each morning. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source ingredients, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all the things you're looking for. I take it first thing in the morning. It's now part of my morning routine, and I'd be lost without it. it. contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, or anything artificial while still tasting good. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. Just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash Bedard. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash Bedard. Take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Hey, welcome back into the Greg Bedard Patriots podcast. We are very proud and honored to bring in our old friend, friend of years and tears, Alan Poupart, the publisher of All Dolphins for Sports Illustrated. Hoop, how long have you been on the Dolphins beat? I mean, you've you predated me, I think, at least by a couple of years. Are you calling me old? Is it
0: what we're yeah. doing now?
1: Yeah. We're both old,
0: Man, yeah. Uh, on a full-time basis through various outlets, publications, <clears throat> online, what have you. Uh, actually, my first year was 1989. So we do wow. a math real quick. That's 33 years.
1: Yeah. There you go. Yeah. So you've seen a lot of iterations, a lot of iterations of the Dolphins and coaches and mm-hmm. quarterbacks. Uh, well, it's, since Marino. Um, so let's let's start with the head coach. Um, you know, we we know a little bit about Mike McDaniel. Uh, longtime ally of Kyle Shanahan was with him for a long time. Uh, smart guy, funny guy, quirky guy. Um, you know, even as, as, some, as sometimes uh, listen to his press conference. He sounds like sort of the cool substitute teacher or science teacher that you would have mm-hmm. in school. Um, I guess the big question is, uh, you know, do you think he's up for the task in this game to start this season with this team, especially if things go haywire? Because we all know, you know, if everything goes according to script, you know, I'm sure they, they look really good and they went in a blowout. But we know it's not going to work that way, especially in the first game that he's ever coached, ever called plays for. You know, where do you assess where he is and the control that he has of this team? And, and do you think he has them ready to be ready for Sunday?
0: Yeah, that's a big question, isn't it? Because um, now we're at the time of year where we haven't seen him in a regular season game. So now it's been preseason And it's been training camp where they're going against each other. And, of course, the players, they all love him because he's kind of a nice guy, a mellow guy, much more friendly than his predecessor, who you in Boston know very well, Brian Flores. Mm -hmm. Um, So everything is peaches and roses right now because, as you you mentioned, there hasn't been any adversity. We just don't know how he's going to react when things go haywire, which they will at some point because that's just the way it is in the NFL. Having said all that, as you mentioned, yes, he's very smart. There is reason to think, and partly because the Kyle Kyle Shanahan scheme system has worked everywhere it's been, and Mike McDaniel has been his right-hand man for a long time, there is reason to think that it's going to work. And that's a big part of the optimism around here. And now it's funny because you look around the, the country, And there is some skepticism. I mean, I look at power rankings, and they're 18, 19, 20, that neighborhood. And you look at their roster, I think their roster is better than 18, 19, 20. Mm -hmm. Uh, We do have a question mark at quarterback, which is a different topic, which I'm sure is going to come up at some point here. Mm -hmm. Um, But no, and the thing is, we're in the honeymoon phase right now. And I remember when Adam Gase came in from Denver, in 2016 remember he was the orchestrator of that great denver offense that set records in 2013 and everything was great and actually even made the playoffs his first year but then it came that maybe there was a reason why he was so successful in denver i.e peyton manning Mm -hmm. um so the, the question mark is still there but there is reason for hope and again among the fan base there is a lot of confidence that yeah that they've hit on this guy big time
1: Yeah, it'll certainly, uh, be interesting. I mean, I'm, I'm a fan of, you know, Kyle and, you know, you look at that tree, it's all, you know, very successful and guys hit the ground running. And it seems like, you know, they, they prepare for a lot of different things. They, they, they talk through a lot of different scenarios. And so, uh, it'll certainly be interesting to see because, you know, we know Mike talked about the, the one loss disparity between Belichick and, and himself. Mm -hmm. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. Um, you know we might as well move on to Tua here uh you know i was going to jump to the offensive line but let's let's talk Tua uh have you noticed a tangible difference in Tua from where he was under the previous coaching staff to uh you know his not only his confidence level but also execution level uh under these guys
0: yeah this is the part where if you had a lot of different media members on 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 this podcast here, they tell you, while he looks great, his arm strength is much better, he's executing much better. Me, Uh, I see the same guy. In terms of mechanics, arm strength and all that, and yeah, you see the highlights of the, the deep passes. Okay, there are deep passes where he has time to set his feet. That's never been an issue as far as I'm concerned, the issue with him and the arm strength is always, if the pocket collapses, he's got a guy in his face, he can't set his feet if he's got to throw on the run, if he's got to zip it into a tight window, either down the field or outside the numbers, that's the issue with the arm strength. The big difference in Tua this year is he's a lot more loosey-goosey. Uh, he, you you also see maybe more confidence, like the little the little snippets of, that you've seen of him the little taking shots at the media where he's saying, you see that pass at Tyreek? Well, look, pretty much on the money to me. I'm not so sure he says that last year. Mm-hmm. And then part of that to me is playing under Mike McDaniel, who is a lot looser than Brian Flores, who, who is again, as you know, is a bit on the uptight side. Mm-hmm. And the other part of that is also is that everybody in the dolphin organization has been pumping to his tires since the off season, which, and that started when Mike McDaniel was hired. And if you saw on social media, him FaceTiming to a, on the plane, on the, on the way here to South Florida to sign the papers and do his press conference. Um, that's kind of unusual. I don't think I'd recall seeing that. Um, and it's been like that. It hasn't stopped. Uh, Tyreek Hill, every chance he gets, he's more accurate than Patrick Mahomes. We can can do it, whatever we want with that. And then the latest one, the last one was when they announced their team captains last week. And you've been covering the NFL for a long time. And you tell me if you've ever heard this. Mike McDaniel made it a point to say that Tua was by far the highest point getter in the, in the vote for team captain. <laughs> I personally had, I had never heard, heard a coach say, um, so this has been, again, this has been, I don't want to say campaign, but it's pretty much what it's been of like building up the guy's confidence setting into the season to see if that produces better results. Well, that in fact is he's got a lot better personnel around him. He's got a guy who I think is going to scheme him up where you're going to see an awful lot of like quick rollouts, naked boots, where he goes outside. And if he's got Tyreek Hill running 10 yards downfield across the middle, nobody's keeping up with him. It's a pretty easy throw. So um, and then my final point on two is Jimmy Garoppolo topped a hundred in passer rating under that system. Jared Goff with the Rams, which is a similar system, topped a hundred in passer rating twice, not once, but twice. And I don't think anybody's ever accused either of those guys of being a great quarterback. So
1: mm-hmm. yeah um a big part of you know making a quarterback feel comfortable and it's the same stuff for the patriots um you know and mac jones who was you know jittery basically all summer behind this offensive line and kind of what they're doing tell me about the dolphins offensive line i know they brought in armstead uh i think they moved jackson to the right side to right tackle um how do you feel how how has this offensive line acclimated to uh, sort of the new offensive system? And um, how do you think they've looked? Are there are there areas that you expect the Patriots to exploit up there?
0: Well, again, I, I hate to be evasive and revert to that old line again, but that's another question that needs to be answered. As we head into this regular season and we talk about the Dolphins and the expectations, well, one of the great unknown is the offensive line. Armstead didn't play down in the preseason. Mm-hmm. which kind of makes sense because he's a bit on the older side. He's got a, a, an injury history. The scheme, by all accounts and by all measures, fits some other guys better, including the aforementioned Austin Jackson, who really didn't look good at left tackle last year. And then, in fact, the the, the game you saw them up there at left tackle, there was one of only two or three, I believe, start team in a left tackle before they decided this isn't working. We've got to move him inside. Now he's playing at, at right tackle. Again, by what I saw in, in training camp and the practices and the preseason, looks better. I'm not ready to say he's a Pro Bowl player, um, but that's the big question: uh, Will the offensive line hold up? It can be. It's pretty difficult for it to be worse than it was last year. Even though I'm of the belief it wasn't quite the nightmare that a lot of people make it out to be, it wasn't good, and I, it's pretty safe to say it's going to be better. Let's say, let's say it was 28 like inefficiency around the league last year even though some metrics had a 32nd I'll put a 28th let's say it Mm -hmm. can jump to 15th and that might be good enough to get what they want to get done accomplished offensively
1: what are you um on the offensive line Connor Williams is center um if the Patriots look at that as a sort of a weak spot and they put Christian Barmore over him and, or, you know, do a bunch of like a gap stuff. Like, do you think he can, do you think he can handle that? Um, week one?
0: Yeah, he'd be, if I have concerns on the offensive line, he, I think he'd be, he'd be a guy I would look to. I think Jackson's going to be okay. Right tackle. I like Robert Hunt at at right guard. Armstead's Mm -hmm. a very good player. If he stays healthy, um, the the two are the two guys, if you're gonna look at their maybe the biggest question marks are Liam Eichenberg, who last year they moved from right tackle to right to left guard to right to left tackle, <laughs> and now he's playing left guard. Um, he he to me would be a bit of a question mark and then Connor Williams too. There was an issue early on in camp with the shotgun snaps. I mean, he did be one or two every practice where it wasn't necessarily complete over the head of the QB. Jeez. But like two would have to reach up to go get it, and it would kind of throw off the timing of the play that calmed down let's say the last week of practice and it didn't surface in the preseason games having said that there were a couple times in practice i saw him in one-on-one matchups where he got moved around pretty well so um yeah he he would be a guy if anybody's going to be exploited on the defensive line by the patriots in week one yeah connor williams would be a good guy to look at
1: uh give me um Give me a guy on each side of the ball, offense and defense, that who could be sort of you know X factors in this game. And and how do you feel about the defense overall? Seems like they're a little weak with the Byron Jones injury at cornerback, but it seems like they they have some guys to get back, but get by and you know early on. What do you think?
0: Yeah, the problem with that is that what they like to do on defense is be hyper aggressive up front, yeah. and What allows them to do that is they have two complete studs as cover corners with X and Byron Jones. And Byron Jones doesn't get the credit he deserves because he doesn't get picks. And that it's glaring how much he doesn't get picks, but the dude can cover. So they can feel pretty comfortable leaving those two guys on an island and do what you want to do with the other guys. Well, Byron Jones is not there anymore. Now, do you move Nick Needham, their slot corner over to the outside? And if you do that, then who play, plays the nickel spot? And if it's not Nick Needham, then you're looking at either Keon Crossen, who was a special teams guy with the, the Texans and the Giants before they signed him. Noak Benogany, who, whose first two years in the NFL after being a first-round pick were, how can I put this very delicately, <laughs> less than ideal. <laughs> uh, or Kader Cahoo, who is a rookie free agent from Texas A&M Commerce, which is a great success story to make the team as a rookie from a D2 school. But you really want them out there starting in this first NFL game? I'm not sure. So that's a concern to me. Um, and I can tell you down here, the, the folks in Boston are not going to like this, but everybody's looking at this game and saying, the Byron Jones injury is really going to be a problem. Not against the Patriots because they don't have any good wide receivers, but mm-hmm. when in the next few weeks when they play the Ravens, the Bills, and the Bengals. So I have concerns with the defense. The other part about the defense that I w- would concern me heading into the season, and I don't know if concern is the right word, but that leaves me less than 100% sold that it, they're, they're going to duplicate what they did last year is I'm pretty sure Brian Flores' fingerprints were all over that defense the last yep. two years. So they did retain Josh Boyer as defensive coordinator, but is he going to be able to throw in the same wrinkles, work the same magic, the same play calls that Brian Flores did I I need to see it. Um, So that's my concern with the defense. Going back to your original question, the next factor on both parts, uh, both sides. I think the X factor on offense, this might be like Chase Edmonds, I think is a guy who maybe is overlooked a little bit because there's so much attention on Tyreek Hill, but the dude looked great in training camp. Again, still only training camp, but Mm -hmm. this is a team that has had no running game for like three years and he looks, he looks apart. And on defense, um, I don't know. I, I don't know if you can call him a next factor. I think I think Javon Holland's gonna be an absolute star at safety. Uh, yeah. and he was good as a rookie last year, and he just he, he just I mean he just looks like he's got it.
1: Oh, amazing. All right, last thing we'll wrap up. Uh you have a game pick yet for the game, or how are you feeling?
0: No, I, I I don't, but since you're my buddy, I'm, I'm gonna here's here's what I think about this game is it's like it's By the way, it's the first time since 2013 the Dolphins are favored against the Patriots, which is kind of mind-boggling, mind-boggling in itself. <laughs> and yet, I'm like, based on everything I heard coming out of New England this summer about how dysfunctional the offense, especially the line looks, and the expectations for this offense, the fact that the line is only three or three and a half, it might have jumped up to is kind of mind-boggling to me. It's almost got me smelling a rat here. What What do the odds makers know that I don't? Because it seems to me all logic says the Dolphins should win and win handily. They always play the Patriots well here to begin with. Yep. And the last two times they played here, they rushed for 250 yards in 2020. They rushed for 195 last year. And this was with a bad running game. <laughs> but what's it going to be this year, 350? I don't know. Um, so all logic says that Dolphins should win this game. That's So that's my pick. And, and yeah fairly comfortably.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think I haven't made my game pick yet, but I mean I, I anything football wise that I've seen this summer and I've seen gone on, I mean, it it just tells you that the Dolphins should win this game and they should win handily. But I think Mike McDaniel and not you know, Mike McDaniel and Josh Boyer being new people, this sort of, you know, with Boyer, you know, like you said, I think Flores was kind of pulling all the strings. Um, you know, how does how does Oz look uh, you know? Without the guy behind the curtain, um, you know, I—that's the only reason why I'm not picking the Dolphins to win going away in this game. But uh, you know, we'll have to see how it goes. Um, no, and then
0: and yeah, you, you had the factor of it's Week One, and yeah, they, a lot of times what you've seen in the preseason doesn't mean anything, and Week One arrives, and all of a sudden it's like, where was that team in the in the summer? You know?
1: Yeah. I wish so, I would have if I would have seen a good Patriots offense. Um, the entire summer. Maybe I might be on that train, but I did not. It was, it was bad from start to finish. This is something I've never seen before. So uh, we'll see, you know, either, uh, either a bunch of Patriots fans are going to be laughing at me come Monday or, uh, you know, I'll have the last laugh. We'll have to see. Uh, Alan, thanks so much uh, for joining us. Appreciate it. Hope the family's well. I can't wait to see you this weekend and uh, hopefully we get a good one.
0: Yeah, that would be nice. Always a pleasure
1: chatting, Greg. Football is back, and Bet Online is your number one source for all your football betting needs and sports info this season. Find all the latest football odds, news, and game matchup, including this year's opening week games. BetOnline is your continued source for all your wagering information, including live betting, free contests, and live scores. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events, including MLB, MMA, MMA, tennis, boxing, even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 100% welcome bonus on your first deposit. 100%. Make sure you use the promo code CLNS50, that's CLNS50, to receive your rewards. Betonline, where the game starts. So uh, in conclusion here, just to wrap up, I just wanted to go over – You know, real quickly, a couple of things. I went over five lingering questions with the Patriots. I'll be doing more as we advance through game week. Um, so uh just to touch on things a couple and and I'll leave some of them um for our members over at BSJ. 3999, get over there, get involved. This is the time. You get a whole season's worth of me, off season, uh video analysis, all the good stuff. Um you know where to hear first. It's at BSJ. Uh, just like, you know, who told you about the offensive struggles this summer before anybody else? I did. So get over there. If you want to be ahead of the game, you want to be able to have one up on your Patriot fans' friends to say, like, why things aren't working correctly. And I just heard from um, just from somebody the other day. I was at the BC Rutgers tailgate, and he's like, and uh, one of my guys from Wayland said, Greg, I love it. I just go on there. My guys say this, and I say nope. Bedard said this, and guess what? I'm right. So you can do the same thing if you get over to BSJ now. A uh, couple things: How will the offensive mechanisms work now that the regular season is here? Uh, I think it's going to be pretty much what we've seen so far to start. I think that Matt Patricia is going to call the plays. I think that it's going to be a collaborative thing between Belichick, Joe Judge, and Matt Patricia. Uh, one of the big areas where I worry about them is sudden change in terms of uh, change of possession. Um, You know, it's fine when you know the defense is going to be on the field for about 5, 10 minutes where Matt Patricia can take his time, go over the the changes that Bill Belichick wants to make, and then go over to the offensive line. But what happens if in the middle of these uh, changes, these alterations to the offense – There's a turnover, and now they need to get back on the field. Have they changed the protection or what they're struggling with up front? They have enough time to do that. I'll be interested in to see if Billy Yates is on the sideline or not. Um, He didn't come down to the second half of the games. Um, We'll see. Um, And uh, one of the other questions, uh, what will the Patriots' offensive identity be to start the season? I'm going to leave that unanswered. Where is the team most likely to add before the trade deadline? Head over to BSJ for that. And what's the position group that is most worrisome? Uh, But I'm going to give you uh, which defensive player is the the team most counting on in their plans for the season. Christian Barmore, no question. Uh, Talking to people uh, behind the scenes on the team, uh, they are expecting him to do a lot of big things. I expect him, I don't know if it's the start, but he's going to play more snaps this year. Uh, I think that they are going to try, between him and Matthew Judon, Everything they do up front, um, they are going to try to get those guys one-on-one blocks. Um, they're going to have to double one of them, and the other guy's going to be one-on-one. I think this is a great test, Miami, to see how that works this weekend, because in the Dolphins, you have Austin Jackson at right tackle, little ifty iffy, Connor Williams at center, little iffy. Uh, You put Barmore and Judon over those two guys, I think you can do some things. And I think they're going to need to with the secondary. They're going to need to generate a lot of pressure and uh, if this defense is going to work. Uh, So that will do it for this week's edition of the Greg Bedard Patriots Podcast, brought to you by Athletic Greens and betonline.ag. Thanks, everybody. We will be back, I think, on Thursday with Nick to preview the game a little bit more. It's coming. Get excited. We don't know what we're going to see out of the Patriots, but hey, everybody's optimistic. you going into week one, everyone's zero and zero. Uh, and I will also bring you reporting from South Florida. So make sure you tune in. Oh, and by the way, uh, before I go, I want to thank everybody for uh, listening to the podcast. First of all, first and foremost, but, um, you know, the New England The New England Sports Survey came out, and uh, a couple of different things. Um, Your boy uh, got 13% of the vote to come in tied for third. Uh, Last year, I was in third place uh, at 10%, up to 13% this year. So thank you very much. I was the highest-rated Patriots uh, beat writer, uh, right ahead of Karen Gregan and Mike Reese, who are tremendous and uh, also deserve... Votes, good to see them up there. Two writers who I have a ton of respect for. And also, what is your favorite local sports podcast? Coming in second with a bullet, the Greg Bedard Patriots Podcast with Nick Cattles, right behind Tommy Curran's Patriot Talk, which also is very good. I listen to it also. Um, Locked on Celtics from Corrales is right behind us. But uh, yeah, that's huge. We're up to second place at 9%. I think last year we were about sixth at um six percent so uh yeah six at six percent we're up to second and nine percent now can't thank you guys enough thanks for listening tell your friends and get involved and uh give us a rate review all that good stuff on there uh appreciate your support and we will see you next time